alaikum and welcome to the Habibis podcast. Three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host, Osama Dorias. And I am Fauzi Mesmar, and I was on time today. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Were you? Were you really, though? It's um, noteworthy what he is. I was though. on Give Arab time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Rami Ismail. Um, and I was on time this episode. Um, he, he was. It, it was, yeah, it was very good. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess I'll guess I'll kick it off then, since Fauzi already did his segment. Like, that was it. <laughs> that was my, that was my the... biggest accomplishment this week. Being <laughs> almost on time. Yeah, I don't know. I played. I played some video games, um, as as I do. The first one was an indie game called Nuts, mm-hmm. and it is made by um, a small team of developers I've known for a long time. So it was really exciting for me to get to play that. So let me try and explain it. It's a surveillance game where you have to surveil your targets uh, using cameras. So you set up your cameras uh, around the level, and then you have to make sure that your target is in view at specific uh, moments. Your targets are squirrels. I see where the name comes from now. Exactly. You're trying to surveil these squirrels, and it's it's... It kind of plays like an inverted tower defense, I guess. You set up your turrets in such a way that they will see the squirrels. And then you go back to your uh, headquarters, which is like a little caravan or uh, like, you know, like a little building. You hit the record button and then it turns night. And then you hit play on the videotape and you see the squirrels through the cameras. And you kind of have to like extrapolate. Okay, so the squirrel ran by my camera. So I guess I have to turn this camera around or like pick it up and move it back 30 feet uh, or, or like 10 meters um, and then try again. But you're continuously trying to adjust for these squirrels. And let me tell you, first level, very straightforward. You see the squirrel, you go, okay, let's follow it. But then as the game goes, there's like fake squirrels. There's like the wrong squirrels. There's squirrels <laughs> that like run towards your camera and then you go, okay, move 10 meters back. And then the step after your camera just goes left, you know, and you're like, what are you... So by now I want to have these squirrels for dinner, like at some point. Like... Our food episode was last week, Rami. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> Stay on topic. <laughs> but um, it's it, there's a sort of like a mystery story, like a thriller esque mystery story going in the background, and it's 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 very pretty. It's using color in a very interesting way. Every level has like a color, and the game is sort of entirely that color kind of monochromatic almost um it's really nice it uh, i'm playing it on switch and you can definitely tell that performance wise it's it's pushing it you know um the main question i have is it's you do this over multiple nights in order to find out where the swirls are coming from for each location or for each sequence right? right um are they scripted the the squirrels or is it like they're randomly you know, playing like through an AI or like no, 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 they're scripted. So they're scripted. The, okay, the, so it's exactly regardless of where you put your camera, they're going to play the exact same scene, the exact the same route. Yeah. So yeah. the squirrels always want. They even say it at the start, like the squirrels are very like you know they have they're very ritual squirrels. So, yeah. uh, they'll run the exact same route every night. Uh, but like, there's a level where the squirrel jumps across, like, uh, like a, um, a little gap. And I just didn't know squirrels could do that in the game. I'm, I'm, I guess squirrels can do that in real life. I don't have much experience with squirrels, to be honest. They're jumpers. But, I've seen them jump. Right. So 
I I was just like, okay, well, he's walking up this rock, so he's got to come down this rock again. So I set my cameras up around the rock, and I just waited, and there was no squirrel. And I'm like, where did the squirrel go? <laughs> so I went up the rock, and I put a camera on the rock, and the squirrel just ran by me. And I'm like, does this squirrel jump? So I put the, the camera on the other side, and yep, there it goes. It jumped. And like every, every time you set up your cameras and you want to see the squirrels, you go back to the caravan, it turns night. And then you watch the recording back. It's very um, um, physical, all of the interaction. So if you want to, you get your mission via piece of paper that comes in via fax, you grab the piece of paper, you put it on the whiteboard, and then you read it, right? You print a camera, you have to turn this little knob on the printer to be set to the right screen, and then um, use it, uh, hit the print button, the piece of paper comes out, you grab the piece of paper, you put it in the fax, the fax, fax it. So it's this nice little physical space um that you play around with uh, you can rotate the camera with this little knob on the camera and you can just kind of like you know like one of those uh, tripod extensions that lets you move the camera a bit where you can like sort of rotate it um so it, it is a very interesting uh interaction model like the the way you interact with everything it's just very very physical very nice uh kind of pleasant and then the squirrels are just the worst I'm really enjoying the game. It's it's a 3D game. Yeah, it's 3D. Yeah, um, and it, like I said, it it has to be your style, but it's pretty, right? It's not it's not it's not like um, yeah, we use 3D. This is like properly considered as an aesthetic of how it looks and what it does. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I ran into a, a save slash load bug that removed my progress on the hardest chapter of the game so far oh, no. so i have to do that chapter again and i'm not super looking forward to it but uh i'm i'm enjoying i'm enjoying what i'm playing so far that's cool. um it's a hard game to google i tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> i also played the new um the new mario yeah. um super mario 3d world uh Wait, i mean that's it's, new? it's the so, wii u one right yeah, right, it's the Wii U one that re-released. They added a new part called Bowser's Fury, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm first. I'm playing through the Wii U part, and it's yeah. as good. It's as good as I remember. Uh, it's it's well done. I put in I, a lot of time in that game with my kids. We loved it. And I'm just still, wonderful. I'm still so worried about that yellow cat Mario. Man. <laughs> like every time I say, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like I'm not okay with like the the growing out of your body when you eat a mushroom. That's messed yeah. up. <laughs> and like. <laughs> fireballs a little uncomfortable but turning into a yellow cat i would go see a doctor like i'm not i'm not sure about this one it's the most uh, uncomfortable metamorphosis that's for sure right <laughs> seems like it um but um so that's good so far and i've started on the new season of destiny uh and that is very good exceptionally good they redid the main structure of the game uh so that Normally, it kind of leaves you to do what you want, right? Uh, and this time, what they've done is they've added these optional weekly challenges. And the weekly challenges really feed back into the activities in the game. And they're smart because you have this bounty system, and it, it seemingly randomly generates a weekly bounty and then daily bounties. And you grab them, and they give you progress. But the problem with that system is because they are or feel somewhat random they don't have interesting interplay right so you might be having to do one thing for the one bounty and then another thing for the other bounty you need to carry one weapon for the one bounty and the other for the other and it never feels satisfying 
it always felt kind of like, Ugh, I got to do the grind, right? These, these weekly challenges, they seem custom designed. Well, they are custom designed. There's no way they're not custom designed because their interplay is great. Like one of them will get you progress towards that challenge, but also a little bit in the other one. So now you're like, okay, I should finish that one, right? Like check off the box. And then that one plays a little bit into the next one. And so for the first time since I've started playing Destiny, the game is sort of telling you like, hey, if you just check these 10 boxes, right, this week, then you'll be up to date on the story. You'll be up to date on the power curve. You'll be up to date on what is happening in the game. You have played some strikes. You have played some PvP. You have played some Gambit, which is a, a Destiny unique mode. Um, and you can you can leave. You know you can come back or you can grind more. That's up to you. Uh, next week more challenges. And they've already said that if you don't complete the challenges during that week, they'll just stay, yeah. and you'll still make progress to them in the future. And at the end of the season, there'll be a few weeks without new challenges, so you can catch up. And, you know, games as a service is hard to design. It's hard yeah. to design a structure. It's hard to design something satisfying. Uh, I think they're really, they really nailed it on this one. Uh, the rewards are more predictable. The progress has... Progress in one thing gives you progress in all the things. It's, it's wonderful. I, I've checked my 10 boxes for this week. I can't wait for next week. Awesome. That's great. Um, well, I've played some games as well. Uh, the first one I've played is your recommendation, 13 Sentinels. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, to my embarrassment, uh, I realized that it's pronounced Aegis Rim because I've been right. saying it embarrassingly wrong for the, my entire life because it's a word I never heard said. It was always just a thing I read and I tried to figure it out. Um, These are your embarrassments, Osama. Yeah, These are well, the things you're well, embarrassed at. Well, I'm not going to tell you how I used to pronounce it, because then you'd, like, facepalm. <laughs> um, that's very the, low on my list of embarrassment. Like, maybe <laughs> in a, like around the 500, maybe below. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah there, I there, mispronounced there, the word. Oh, there were a few words that I've... Uh, 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 changing the topic slightly. Yeah, There's a few <laughs> words that I had learned only from reading. Like, I used to say uh, Ari instead of Arai. I used to, I knew the word Arai. I just didn't know how to write it. And I, I thought Ari and Arai were the two different words that meant the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like things like that, where you're just like, I didn't, uh, you know. Uh, English is eight, like your third, third language, mate, like, or second yes, language at least. So It was the third I learned, actually. So, right. Um, wow. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So 13 Sentinels is surprising in many ways and predictable in a lot of others. <laughs> if I, I haven't finished it, of course, so I'm going to come back and talk about it a little bit more later. But the one thing um, that's so, like really surprising about it is it throws you into the story without any, any training wheels, like right away. You're like, oh, um, just from the very beginning, you realize, okay, some people are confused. They don't know what they're talking about. Other people know everything and they're not talking yet. Uh, there's time travel involved. Like right away, you figure out there's time travel involved. And you're like, well, okay, what? where am I? And what happened before this? And now they're talking and it just changed scenes. And they just introduced a seventh character. Like I, already at this point, I even memorized the names of the first three. Right. And trying to keep everything straight but it 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 keeps you in there like it's interesting it's intriguing it keeps introducing a mystery after the next one i'm like okay i i want to know why that person did that thing uh you know um like suspiciously while the other person was spying on them and why he thinks that she's someone else or all that thing it's (laughs) intriguing the predictable thing is kind of more thematic other than the, the, the narrative. Like it's an, it's another thing based in the school, uh, like in Japanese school with giant robots. Like 
I, I don't know yet because it's still at the beginning. So maybe they're going to introduce other thematic elements that are new or, or fresh. But right now it's like, it's such a mishmash of new and, and, and interesting takes like mechanically and like how, how it is that you're talking to people is, is still visually like interesting. Like the UX experience of it, of like you, you have all these thoughts um, and you like it's it's hard to describe without visuals, but like uh, you could like look back at uh, at characters and like think about them. Like basically, you click on their name and, right. and you have like an internal monologue of who they are. And it's a, a good refresher because they introduce so many things so quickly. Sometimes, like wait, they just mentioned that person's name. Who is this person? I can't remember anymore. Um, so it's really interesting and you could actually link it to other people. So if someone, you could ask someone about something in the same way, like, Hey, I'm thinking about this and now I want you to think about this. What do you want to like mechanically UX experience wise, it introduced a few things. I like the combat. I didn't get to a point where it's hard at all. I'm still doing like, I think it's very long and I, I expect it's very long into the tutorial phase where it's like, here's the thing. Now you could use it. Uh, but I like it so far. I'm actually really happy that you asked me to play it. Uh, it's one of those games um, that I cannot play when my kids are around because my kids, even when I'm not with them, I'm with them, if that makes sense. Right. Which, which I'm going to touch on in the next game that I played this week and, and show you what I mean. Um, so like the time for it is going to be a little bit limited. It'll take me a while to finish it, but I'm really happy that it's there. It's one of those. It's, uh, yeah. It's it's in like the thing I think is really interesting is that if you would make a bingo card with sci-fi tropes, yeah, it would not be a very interesting bingo game because yeah. you would complete the full card, right? Not just one line, like both, the entire both sides, both sides yeah, of the card. <laughs> like every, everything gets checked. Um, which, but it's it's really cool because you don't know how they how yeah. they connect, right? Yeah, uh, and I think that for me that's part of where the beauty of the game is, is like. You, you kind of know all the things that might happen or could happen, but the 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 joy of the game becomes in figuring out which ones it isn't, mm -hmm. right, or how it doesn't work. And yeah, they're uh, they're throwing a few things that I'm assuming are red herrings, like pushing in different directions, but I don't know for sure, and I'm looking forward to finding out if that's actually the case or not. Um, I enjoyed that game a lot. Yeah, yeah so I'm it enjoying that, it now. Very, like I don't think I played anything like it before. No, I don't think I'll ever play anything like it again. Yeah. yeah. So that's high praise. That's really high praise. Right. Um, the other game I played is called Wobble Dogs. And what? Wobble Dogs, Wob one word. Wobble Dogs. We yeah. have nuts and Wobble Dogs this week. This is an <laughs> What's episode. going on? What's going on? Uh, so this you is can definitely like, indie week. <laughs> look it up. It's from a company called Animal Uprising, which a uh, developer called Animal Uprising, which I don't. I think it's their first game. I've never heard of them before. Oh uh, my god! Yes. So it's like <laughs> The Sims meets Viva Pinata slash Dogs Cats from the Microsoft games from before. Um, it's the dogs are wobbly and they can mate, and then their offspring are more wobbly. It's <laughs> like the pitch of the game. So what's interesting. Oh, yeah is uh it was recommended to me so i got it and i i started playing it and then i couldn't get far into it even though i was enjoying it because my daughter was like what's that and she kind of like showed up and she's like can i play and she pushed me out of the way and she spent hours on on it while i was watching and like helping her a little bit to understand the concepts uh what's cool about it is that there's discovery all along because they're wobble dogs and not just dogs they behave and they do things differently. Like 
when they mate, they kind of enter like a cocoon um, and, you know, then they emerge with a, a, like a spawn. So like they do things like that to, I think, maybe so they keep it a little bit PG for uh, I was just about kids. to say, I don't think I don't think I want the alternative in a video game. No, <laughs> yeah, but it's not even like the usual. There's a, a little doghouse, and they go inside, and there's a heart that comes up. Like there's not there's their usual tropes with this. Where here they just throw it out. They're like, nope, this is a, right. a wobble dog. It, 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 it's I don't, uh, like it behaves completely differently. Uh, the foods that you feed it are, are kind of hilarious, like uh, French fries and hot dogs and things like that. Like you're not actually feeding it anything that you know you would normally have as a staple food it's very colorful and my my daughter just completely latched onto it uh it's absolutely up up her alley because she loved uh, viva pinata i reintroduced viva pinata to her because it was a game i it was a game i bought because i thought my wife would love it and then i at one point i sat down to show her uh, um, how to play because she had never played a sim game before and she just like oh, i'm not really interested i'm like no no it's really good and next thing i knew i unlocked the achievement for 50 hours and i'm like well i guess huh. this is a game for me <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you so do you understand now? No, I'll show you more. No. I'll show you more. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. So I, I absolutely love Viva Pinata. She's like Osama. I, I went to work and came back. That was two days ago. <laughs> uh, th- those are great games. I, I really like that. I, I used to play The Sims too uh, a while back, and my daughters absolutely love uh, The Sims. My son loves um, City Skyline. Like it, it runs in the family. We ha- we like these kind of games. So when my daughter saw it, she kind of pushed me out of the way. So this is a game I have to wait until my kids go to sleep so I could get a chance to play, which is a good, you know, that's <laughs> a good problem. Yeah, I remember seeing time. the trader for the trader for this. Now that I, now that, I, that I'm seeing the the screenshots. Yeah, yeah, the, the trader for this, but it's not just. A sim game right this no. is also a puzzle game and like yes. weird systems everywhere nothing everything is ridiculous but it's also exactly. everything is a system yeah exactly uh there's like a, a from what i could tell from what she was doing there's also a mating mini game where you could like try to breed them into different other wobbly dogs but i i didn't get a chance to really did, jump did she play that. for 50 hours and then look at you and go like so do you understand now <laughs> yeah you could say that right. um yeah it's <laughs> close to that. the She's family like, too <laughs> pretty much i mean genetics they're weird right um what about you fauzi what'd you play this week uh i i, I only played the medium i wanted to to complete the, to finish the game you know I, I spoke about it last week so i you know spoke about the mechanics mostly and how the game runs uh finishing it through like what i think about the game right now so like you know having seen most of uh, most of the game is that the puzzles are interesting and fun for what they are, but they never like really present a you know a level of challenge that uh, that makes the puzzles the thing you want to play the game for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game doesn't have combat and it has uh, stealth sections, but like it's not a stealth game. You know, it's not a there's no combat with the monsters, so it's it doesn't make it a survival horror game because you're not managing resources or anything like that. So. It's not really the you know the the spooky part or the combat that you're playing the game for. It stands most entirely on its narrative, right? So like you're playing it for the story. And I've and I've been thinking about this because I felt that the the way the story was given to me, like first of all, it felt slow paced and uh, at some sort. The character movement and how you explore things was a bit slow. That's part of it. But there's another part. Like as I'm playing the game, kind of thinking to myself, why um, why am I why 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 is the story losing me? And why is it not captivating for me as I'm playing it? And then, like, I noticed that, you know, the developers kind of put themselves in an interesting situation with uh, with the decisions that they've made, in which, like, 
you are your own person kind of venturing into an unknown place. So -hmm. therefore, um, any kind of revelation or story comes out as exposition. Mm. The character is kind of thinking out loud. Mm. It's like, and and that's like, you know, why a lot of games kind of put other characters there or like, you know, uh, why The Last of Us is so loved is because there's the two characters are kind of riffing off of each other or that they speak to each other about a certain topic. So like, not only do the revelations come out naturally, but also like you come to know those characters because you know how they react to things. Yeah. Whereas in Marianne's case, whenever she wanted to talk, she's mostly talking about, ah, oh, looks like something happened here. Ah, oh, mm. that explains why the ladder was broken five minutes ago. Every line sounds exposition or like, right. oh, so he was murdered. What could that mean? Just like this body in a puddle with like their arms yeah, ripped yeah, off. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. Mm, yeah. looks murdered. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, by the way, all of these examples are made up. So there's no spoilers in anything. I right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, but, it's, but there's a lot of that level of exposition. So like, you know, when something happens to Marianne, I'm also not connected to her because I don't know her. Yeah, you know, right. I don't know how she reacts to things. I don't know how she... Um, how she feels about things. All I know is that she is going through this thing and I hear her thoughts that is mostly exposition and narrative. Right. Uh, it's not It's not how she feels about it. It's how you should feel about it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or like this right. thing that you should know by yourself, I'm also telling it to you, which gives you right. like, you yeah. know, um, a bit of a, a Zelda support character kind of annoyance. Like, yeah, right. fee, I know. I right. know. <laughs> I was, I was, I'm pushing the box. Yeah. Don't tell me that I need to push the box. I am pushing the box. <laughs> um, so I like how Uncharted kind of does that with puzzles where they just let you push the box at the beginning. And then if you don't mm-hmm. push the box, then they tell you, hey, that box looks interesting. And then yes. if you still don't push the box, right. they say, hey, idiot, go push the box. Yes. Maybe they could exactly. try something like that with Exposition 2 where they're like, you know, initially just you know, comment on the thing's existence and how you feel about it. And then yeah. if the person just lingers, give them more. Yeah, it's a bunch of like you know, like you can tell that there was a like there was a guiding vision for the game, and that kind of like uh, cornered some creative decisions going forward. Like, um, I think at some point, like um, this is me speculating. I don't know anyone who worked on this game, so like um, at some point they were probably going like, we don't want backtracking in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, like most of these like Silent Hill type games, um, you know, you backtrack and you, you find items to solve the puzzle. Yeah. So we go like we don't want any of this backtracking and stuff. But because of this, the puzzle are, are almost always self-contained. So you go into the room, and everything you need to solve the puzzle is in the room. Right. So at some point, you kind of figure out what needs to be done, and then it starts to feel to you like you know you're going through the motions. Right. I'm like, all right, so I need to get this uh, scissors to cut this paper to stick it on the fridge. Um, also made up example. <laughs> uh, also a terrible made up example because why would you right. stick a paper on the fridge? I think there's there's a bunch of that. Like the the, the strengths of the game come from the setting, the the spooky setting, the the ghosts, the haunted part of it, the, the supernatural part of it. I think um, the game doesn't rely on jump scares almost at all, which I kind of respect. At that they mostly rely on building atmosphere. But, you know, as a game maker, as I'm playing it, I'm not really worried because I know where the fail state is and I'm going to retry. So it didn't get to me. But if I was superstitious... Right. uh, I mean, uh, because I was just thinking about the scissors, right? You gave that example about scissors. Do do you... Because in Egypt, we we have a superstition that you can't leave 
you can't leave scissors open, hmm. right? Or you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't use, you shouldn't use scissors without cutting anything, right? There's like a, is, is there a similar superstition for y'all where you can't you can't use scissors without cutting anything or like leaving them open? I haven't heard that specific. Yeah, one. first one for me but, actually. Yeah, yeah. We have I, a whole bunch. Of, if you want superstitions, I have a long list that <laughs> I can share with you. <laughs> no problems. Well, okay. So what this is the, the the interesting part growing up is because my parents were both the source of my access to superstition from Iraq but also religion. And a lot of times these two things kind of merged where I didn't know if one thing had uh, any, like, <laughs> let's say it's straight, like any, yeah, any religious uh, backing at all, or if it was just completely uh, something that came out of culture, no judgments either way, just saying it straight. One of my mom's favorite things to tell us is pick up your prayer rugs because the other, the angels are holding it up. And you don't want them to hold it up forever the entire day. And this right. was like, it turned out, of course, later on, I realized that there had zero uh, like link to religion whatsoever. It was just a cultural thing uh, yeah. that didn't come up from any hadith or any you know sayings of, of, of the prophet. But what was interesting about it is as a kid, I'm like, they're angels. I, like, let them hold it up. What else do they have to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, we, had, we had the opposite. Like, if you leave it up, if you leave it there, the devil will dance on it. Right, shaitan oh. will shaitan will sit on it, and that's also not good. Well, we had uh, to wash your face when you wake up in the morning because the devil spat on it at night while you were sleeping. What so, is the devil up to, man? Like this? Oh no, he's a busy like man. The, world, the world's prankster in the history of like just <laughs> spitting on people and like dancing on like, the prayer. He's spying on every meal until they're like, <laughs> oh, those those people didn't say Bismillah. Let's jump in, yeah, boys. You know, right, we're bringing all the other champagne. We got free meals over here. But some of these get really. Some of these go really intense like uh the air conditioning or fans you yes. shouldn't leave fans running in your room when you go to bed because you will die yes like, <laughs> yes is, where did this start because like the the thing is like some of these you can kind of like you can retrace them through the past right you yes. can kind of figure out okay so there's but where did the idea come from is this just something that parents made up to tell their kids that if you the, to lower their <laughs> energy bill Right, yeah. like oh, if you leave the tatif running at night, like you will suffocate. And it's like because yeah. it generally has a root. Well, that's the thing. That's the confusion. Is because the, the parents are. That's why we were very careful uh, with our kids. Uh, changing topic just slightly, we're very careful with our kids not to, when with the topic of Santa Claus because uh, we realize that we are the source of everything that they know. And from our point of view, uh, uh, like me and my wife, when we discussed it, we're like, "What do we do about Santa Claus?" We decided. We didn't want to tell them Santa Claus was real, but we also didn't want to put them in a situation where they felt like they weren't part of, you know, the culture here of mm -hmm. talking about Santa Claus. Um, and what we landed on is that we were going to tell them that Santa Claus is real in the same way Spider-Man is real. There, he's in movies, uh, but it's really a person wearing a costume. So yeah, Spider-Man is real. It's a real character, and Santa Claus is a real character. So this way, they don't slip up and say, "Oh, you believe in Santa? Santa is not real." In front of their kids, like their friends who are kids, like and and kind of ruin that for them. They can still participate in the, "Oh, that's Santa. I know what Santa is." Uh, and in a similar way, the, the reason we did that is because me growing up, I didn't have that filter. Like, what is like my my parents would say both the, the the superstitious thing and the religious thing 
uh, and the science thing, because my dad is a petroleum engineer and he loves physics, like back to back to back. And I couldn't tell the difference, like, where are the lines, <laughs> right? Like, I believed it all because I'm, I'm right. until until I was a teenager and I didn't believe any of it because that's the natural progression of how it right. goes. But yeah. did you, you you really taught your kids Spider-Man's not real? No, Spider-Man is real. Like, of course, he's a real character in comic books and movies. Ravi, stop it. <laughs> One of the aspects of Arab culture that I like think about, as I explained to my friends who are not from, um, from the region, is like the concept of um, the evil eye or the eye right. of the envious, right? Yeah. So like uh, most Arab people, like if you say like, oh, I envy you, they'd be like, yeah. why? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Because like the concept of envy is kind of different, right? So like for yeah. those who are listening, envy, like in, 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 for Arabs, it's not like, you know, wishing what the other person has is wishing that the other person loses what they have so that you yeah. can have it. Yep. Yeah. And it's like a huge thing in the Middle East in terms of like, if you say like, I've got this good thing, right. Then you need to protect it from the evil eye because somebody could like go like, Oh, that's a nice car you have here. If somebody right. would say that, then that yeah. means that they're automatically have cursed your car. Right. Yes. And you need to immediately <laughs> protect it with, um, with blue um, jewelry. What is it? Like, like, <laughs> like your quaz sort of no, stones. Right, exactly. Or like the little eye hanger. With the yes. eye, like there's the, the Hamza, I think it's, a, it's in a lot of cultures in the Middle East. It's basically a palm of the hand and there's an eye in the middle of it. Right. And that's usually, it's like, it's basically a hand to repel the eye of the envious. And it's just really nice that the eye of the envious is so like considerate of our, like, you know, stop gestures. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Oh. No, please. No envy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. I'll sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll, yeah. go, I'll go to the neighbors. <laughs> I'll envy somebody else. And we have this thing like, like we used to like, you know, say like, uh, like some of the, uh, the, uh, the kids at school, they'd be like, um, this boy, Ahmed, he has, uh, he has a hot eye. So what that means is that um, whether he intends it or not, Ahmed has this ability to curse people. Like he will, right. he will envy you whether you like to like or like. Oh wow, you guys have a really nice door. Boom, door collapses immediately. Right, immediately. <laughs> There's like bad luck follows Ahmed in whatever he points out at, and right. <laughs> and it constantly like you know you need to like protect yourself from from his eye or anything like that. Yeah. The most extreme version of that that I've encountered is uh, I used to work in retail at one point with this Lebanese guy who I, I'm not kidding, I complimented his shirt and he's like, he took it off and gave it to me. He's like, here, it's it's yours. And like, in his eyes, it's like, this is the sacrifice I'm making <laughs> so that the asset doesn't deal. hit me and something else worse happens to me later. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. The I've always been fascinated by, because like, so, so my family is is uh, is Muslim, right? Uh, it, like Egyptian Muslims, and mm -hmm. uh, it's the, the religion is kind of very clear about the idea of superstition being not right, right? Jumbo jumbo, yeah. But then I would look at my grandma, and she would lay in bed at night, and she would start pointing up at the ceiling with her finger, and make a circle with her hand, and then yeah. point at the door. Huh. And I would ask, like, what are you doing? And she'd be like, well. You know, first I catch the evil spirits and then I point them at the door. <laughs> Clearly. I'm like, you're that powerful that you can, <laughs> you can collect these spirits and then just like be like, and out you go. You can't find the remote control, but you could do <laughs> right. it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it was stuff like that, you know, like uh, um, shoes have to be sold down. 
right yeah and not just because that's polite like the the sole of a shoe is is a is an insult right in in the airport to the point where i had to half unlearn how to sit in in western society because they sit i've always been taught like if you want to sit sort of in a relaxed state in a talk or something you sit with your one foot cross over the other right mm. Uh, so one of your foot would be vertical and one of your one of your legs would be vertical and one of your legs would be horizontal. And it's sort of like a relaxed sit. But if I would do that in Egypt, like yeah. I'd be in trouble because I'm exposing the sole of my, my shoe to the person sitting next to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, then the, the, the superstition version of that is that like inverted shoes were used for magic or something. And I'm like... <laughs> yeah. That, that's, 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 that's not what I wanted to get at. Like... <laughs> It blurs after a while. Okay, so uh, I used to have uh, uh, an Islamic teacher uh, when I was younger, um, and I would ask him these weird, like these questions. They were weird questions, but most of them started with why, right? Uh, one mm -hmm. of the things I remember is that uh, one of the hadith is that uh, the Prophet Muhammad, because I'm Muslim as well, uh, Prophet Muhammad used to eat in threes. So whenever he ate a thing, it would be an odd number. He would eat one date or three dates or five dates. He wouldn't eat two dates or four dates. And that confused me. I'm like, what's it? Why? You know, why would you do that? So I asked my imam and he's like, look, the importance is it wasn't the number. It was the fact that people were counting so that they were aware of what goes into to their belly. But if you remove the, the intention behind it from from the like the, the the actual concept, it becomes superstitious. People will like smack your hand and you'll drop two dates. And you're like, why are you eating two dates? You're supposed to eat three. And like, but. That's not the important part. Like if I just didn't pay attention, it's not a big deal. The, the intention is like to have to develop this habit um, where you you know what's going into your body. So you're not just like opening up a big bag and eating until your stomach hurts. That's okay. that's what's there to avoid. If you hit my hand, then now my hand hurts. You're not actually fixing a problem, right? I wonder if there's any superstitions that cross the country lines, because it does sound like each of us have different superstitions, oh. right? Rather than all of us having the same ones. Do you have the one? I once got in trouble when I was a really young kid because I had heard that if you uh, if you pinch a bride to be, that that'll give yeah. you luck in love or something. What? Yeah. Anyway, right. Um, so that's apparently like that. That's one. Uh, anyway, so I pinched a bride to be, but also I'm a, a boy, and I, you know, that's yeah. not Isn't you're that not. Some, <laughs> no, that's that's ultra haram. But like I was like, I was like eight or something. So I was like, this seems fair. Like the five people jumped me to be like, no, 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 no. Um, not you. Right. <laughs> um, so I misunderstood that one. Uh, but that's but a similar like, concept to the taking off the shirt part, because if you succumb to one, then you ward off any worth worst thing that could happen. It's like they, there's this right. uh, equilibrium that's met if you pinch someone and cause them a little bit of pain, so a worse thing won't happen to them later. Right. Yeah. Um, the shoe, so yeah. the shoe stuff that you mentioned cross country lines. Like I think that's pan Arab. If you show somebody the sole of your shoe, right? Yeah, it's it's insult. But that's like more insult rather than superstition. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we we agree that that's a magic thing or something. No. I think we yeah. agree that we yeah. agree that that's bad. That's like, bad. Yeah, but then, don't do. It. No. Yeah. Um, do you guys have this thing with like um, if there's evil spirits or like magic of some sort that you need to get like a special type of incense called bakhur? Yeah. And then you light it up, associate it to a chain. But then what you do with it, I feel like different people have said different things. Like there are people that like light it in like this, um, I don't know, it's a vase or whatever you light the incense. Uh, where, what is the container where you light incense in? A container mm -hmm. that you light incense in. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you light the incense in that thing. 
And then you like you have to jump over it like seven times. <laughs> yeah, you need to jump back and forth over that thing so that uh, <laughs> you get wow. you get instant smoke up your bum. And that's how <laughs> that's how like the evil spirits go away. Okay. That I haven't seen. I've just seen yeah. put it everywhere in the I... house until you can't breathe. That... Are you sure that's not your friends just giving you <laughs> <laughs> You're the only you're the only Jordanian that believes that. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? I jump over it every day before I go to bed. Oh, of course. <laughs> For science, you need to record yourself doing that. I need to witness. I mean, it, it can't hurt, and it's good exercise. Right, that's true. That's true. At least until you get older, and then jumping seven times over a thing no, is no. going to break your hip or something. Yeah. But you have aunties do when, like, they they they, yeah. they put the container um, on a on a chain. And then they, they turn it around. Right. And, and old aunties, they make kissing sounds as they're doing it. They go like, oh, I'll protect you from the evil being yeah, as they're doing that. One one interesting one is the predictions. So uh, what the, the 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 women would do often when someone was pregnant is they would have a needle. They take the needle, tie a, a string to it, and put the, the, the needle into the, uh, like, you know, the HB pencils, like with the eraser at the end? Right. They'd stick the needle into the eraser part. And they would dangle the uh, see that see like that that's that's where it came from the dangle dangle the pencil over the belly of the pregnant woman and mm. if it makes circular uh, motions then it's the baby's going to be a girl and if it goes side to side then the, the baby's a boy and they believe it like I've never seen before like the, I'm like I've I made the mistake once of saying yeah this is fun and all but you don't really believe this do you and everyone yeah. just paused looked at me and said this it happened yeah. to this person and it like confirmation bias was coming out of it, it happened to this, right. person, this person your mom here come, like here comes the ship ship yes yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah no don't never never doubt your aunties it's like lesson one in the arab world i think like just do, do not doubt you, like doubt, doubt your father it's gonna get you in trouble doubt your aunties that's a lifelong problem right like <laughs> absolutely do, do not do not doubt the aunties um i don't know it's interesting though because i feel i always like every country every culture right has its has its superstitions, its beliefs, its cultures. But I feel the the ones that I've come across in the Arab world are like so magic-y, right? They're so they're they're so it's so clear that they're probably pre-Islamic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always wonder if somebody would look at if somebody would look at the Western society. Well, there's um, a lot of superstitions in many cultures, like the salt, right. the, the, the just, you know Friday thirteenth, like the thirteenth floor, exactly. Yeah, we just have stuff. we just have really fun ones. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. They're just also they're so unbelievably fun and strange and just like uh, the pencil thing. I I think I've heard that. It's cool. Yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the best uh, part about the superstition is that you have a fifty percent chance of being right. Right. <laughs> it's like a very very nice odds on that superstition right. it's you kind of like, like i can guess your horoscope if i try 12 times right. <laughs> you can't so, go wrong with that how about how about cats are cats good for you yeah, I, yeah. actually cats in in well i don't know how it is anymore uh since for since the war uh, but before, basically, cats were just strays, and people would leave out water for, or like, sorry, milk for them and food for them. Uh, they weren't, they don't have the same culture as here, where like you let them into your house necessarily. They're more just like they're right. outside and they just do their thing. Yeah, right. And black cats? 
Uh, black cats are bad luck in Jordan. Uh, right. They're not bad luck. They believe that they're. Oh, it's interesting. They believe that they're genies uh, right, that, are, that are coming to visit yeah. the, the world. And we have this other thing: is that if you hear a donkey, um, what, what does the donkey sound mean? Baying. <laughs> baying. If you hear, if you yeah. hear a donkey baying, um, then they've they've probably seen a devil. Oh, yo. Oh, I. <laughs> I was wrong. It's actually neighing. I looked it up because I'm like, okay, that's I made up a word today. Maybe that should be the title uh, of our podcast. Hey. <laughs> a donkey neighing. He just disapproves yeah. of everything. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> hey, uh, but I am a donkey. <laughs> it's, I feel I feel like there must be somebody who has collected all of these superstitions across the Middle East, right? There must be must there be must a be book sort of, or something. Right. I need to find this book because this is great. Well, I just want to know. I want to know all the ones. I also want to know how normal my family is then. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because now I'm just now I'm just hearing all your stories and all my stories. And I'm like, so which one of these are just in my family? Yeah. And how many of these are actually like Egyptian or Arab? Tell me about yeah. it. I'm not jumping over any containers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've what? lived my entire I'm life. Just, I'm going to throw that stuff out the YouTube door. channel of you just jumping over in. I, I didn't <laughs> watch <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Yo, what's up, guys? It's your homeboy here. Smash that like button. Jump over that incense. <laughs> Let's get those legs moving. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a good part, uh, a, a, a good point to ask everybody actually to uh, smash that subscribe button for us as well. Um, we... <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> was Smooth. it? Was it? Thank you. So that's it. Actually, the podcast is growing. We're really happy with how well it's doing. The feedback is incredible. And uh, a lot of people have asked us what they could do to help us out with that. And the main thing is, you know, spread the word. Let other people know. If you haven't subscribed yet, if you just say, you know, bookmark or, insta- or anything, subscriptions do help um right. give us feedback send us emails all that is great um so uh yeah just read the the, yeah. the notes and uh, definitely emails we read them we all respond to them we fight each other to see who could respond first that's how excited we are when we get emails so <laughs> right uh yeah you uh, uh our email is info at the habibis.com that's i think the one. I, I believe right so. and we know we have the discord too right yeah, this yes. uh, is up and running. That's cool, and it's a good it's a good time so far. I'm uh, with it. Uh, lots of new people already. Uh, it that is at it's at discord.thehabibis.com. I just checked. Nice. Uh, so the, you can also go there, I guess. Come hang yeah. out. Uh, so yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you all for uh, listening, and uh, see you next week. Salam. 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 That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I'm Osama Dorias, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorias. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail, you can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubaydah. And the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service, or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening, and salam alaikum.